Greetings, comrades, and welcome to How the Left Was Won. My name is Mike. I'm Jake. And this is a podcast all about fascism and how to fight it. Jake, how has your week been? We've actually been able to get two in a row. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. Uh, my week was fine. Uh, soon enough, landscaping will be done. Just one more week of it, and then I'm all set for uh, the rest of the year until April, actually. Yeah. Meanwhile, my, my week was interesting. Early on, very cold mowed fairways yeah. and and that entails sitting on a mower and it was cold and i at when we finished i couldn't feel my feet <laughs> yeah uh it has been bad with the temperature a lot i will say yeah yeah that's that's about as bad it's as it's gotten i mean it's been cold other days but it, like the other days i was moving around so i was able to get at least like a little bit of blood flow going keep myself a little warmer yeah it's been it's been a cold week. I move around a lot, so I will eventually become warm. But when I get home and stop moving, even if I have, like, the heat on, it's just like, oh, man, uh, I'm still kind of, like, freezing a little bit just because of, like, my body's still trying to get warm from uh, the heating now. Yeah. But anyway, um, other stuff that's going on in the world. I texted you about this, and I don't think you responded. Did you see what was go what's going on with Guyana? Uh, in Venezuela? Yeah, it's like, uh... Yeah. yeah. Why are there three fucking invasions going on right now? Uh, I can only assume for good reasons. Yeah, I know, like, like people were, like, fear-mongering about World War Three when, uh, uh, Russia invaded Ukraine. Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Russia invaded Ukraine, and I was, like, overblown. But now it's to the point where I'm like, eh... I wouldn't necessarily say overblown in terms of, like, the fear of World War Three because if you want to look at it like a domino effect, some dominoes are going to take longer to fall. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I didn't think, like, a full-scale global war was going to break out over that. Yeah, no, I think we'll have to wait a bit for that, but that was definitely probably uh, the first domino yeah. in the Yeah, but, chain. like, a after uh, Israel started... Uh, like I'm gonna use the word invading Palestine. I mean, I, it is it is just an illegal occupation. So yeah, um, that was when I was like, mm, we might be a bit closer now. And then with Venezuela invading Guyana, that's a little bit smaller, but it's still concerning. Definitely. Yeah. As always, the stance of the po this podcast is imperialism is bad. Yep. And colonialism is bad. But we keep doing it. Let's go, baby. Yep. Anyway, other than that, uh, in smaller news, Alex Jones is back on Twitter because Elon Musk has no principles at all. Yep, except fascist ones. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Anyway, um, with that out of the way, I think we can jump into it. Short intro this week. Yeah, and, uh, we've had two shorter intros. Yeah, uh, like, we've had intros, intros where we've gone for, like, 15 20 minutes and it's just yeah. kind of insane and then there's this where it's like all right two minute intro we're yeah. done we're cold invasions are happening alex jones is on twitter let's get let's get to reading our book let's get our right book. into book, the news Comrade Mussolini's book whatever yeah we're gonna back getting back to the cardinal's mistress and um yeah they do be uh I'd mistressing give, i'd give a recap because it's been so a while but I don't fully remember what happened, and also who Creepy gives a shit. Wasn't, and, uh, 
Oh yeah, Don Benicio is a creep. Benicio not that Emma, is not that Madruzo isn't also a creep, but Benicio is like a worse. Cre- yeah, he's worse. He was like depicted like there was at least something a little interesting that Mussolini did, where Benicio is presented as being like the more moral character, and then subverted that. But yeah. it's just like it just comes and goes, and it just feels tacked on. Yeah, uh, if I recall correctly, he just like fucked up and in for no reason. Oh yeah, he got real drunk. Yeah. He yeah, got drunk I, and was just like, you pieces of shit. You look at that cross on the wall. Yeah, there's like a cross or like a figure of like Mary or something that was like like not in great shape that he criticized them about. And I think he got arrested or he got thrown in like prison or something. Because there's like reading chapter eight that like something about that was uh, talked about. And I was like, right, did it, he got arrested, right? Or something like that. I thought he just rode off. Well, he did write off, but then, like, after that, he got back to, like, yeah. I think he wrote off, uh, he might have just gotten arrested off-screen. No, I think he, like, went back to, like, the, uh, castle or whatever, and and then... He went to go see Claudia. Yeah, and then she got mad at him, and then he went back to someplace else, and then, like, someone else is just like, we're gonna throw you in prison. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't give a shit about any of these characters' motivations. They don't have motivations, really. A- except I want to fuck this I want to fuck chick. this woman. Which I mean, hey, there's a very popular manga anime series where the main character's motivation is I want to touch breasts and have sex with women. That would be Chainsaw Man. Yeah, but at the same time, it's, it kind of subverts it, too. That's good. Yeah, like Chainsaw Man. I've I, never I, seen it. I'm just. I, I've seen clips heard. of it, but I just know it's just like that's the main character's motivation. It's like I want to have sex because his like entire life is fucked up, and then as things get more fucked up, it's just like it's like whatever, because like the entire thing is like the main character like lived in a shack, <laughs> and like was just barely scraping by because he had to like pay off his dad's debts to the yakuza or whatever. Oh, that's good. I do that all the time. Yeah, so his life was already fucked, so he's fucked up. But like, but that's not his fault that he's fucked up. But maybe yeah. he doesn't need to be quite as like creepy about being fucked up. But whatever. I want to sleep with women. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's let's get into reading this book. We're, the uh, best book in the world. We're gonna be reading chapters eight and nine, and get almost half of the way through. I believe there's nineteen chapters from what I checked. That's good. Yeah. Anyway, I'll start off with reading. These are decently length chapters. Anyway, chapter 8. In the early hours of the next day, Sunday, the city presented no unusual aspect. Everything was normal. Uh, Nothing was, like, the city was totally normal. (laughs) Yep. The usual crowd thronged the streets in holiday attire on their way to attend service and the various churches. But the demeanor of the men and women was grave. As they left the churches, it was not the customary cheerful conversation, conversation, eh, which was heard, but mere brief words of greeting. I do want to say, that's such a shitty way to say people were upset. Just like, but the demeanor of the men and women was grave. Like, you can get a little bit more creative. You can just say, there was like a gloom in the air. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely... There's at least description there, which I appreciate. Yeah. Which... <clears throat> Mussolini and bouncing back and forth between no description and too much description. Yeah, I know. It's just like... Uh, Not I that was, it happened here. I, I just, was going to mention this later, 
But I may as well bring it out. One thing I've I noticed and like reading this and just thinking about like the stuff we've read in the past is that he's not bad at describing stuff and like describing the setting. He's yeah. he's pretty decent at that. When he does it, it well, he'll go overboard with it, but yeah. he's actually like skilled at painting a picture in my yeah head. yeah he's like he's very good at showing not telling i'll give him that the problem is is that it's he he's only good at that and like Kinda, the di- yeah. like the, he's not good at the dialogue and like the actual character interactions but he's good at describing the scene which is which is good but there's like sometimes it's not relevant to actually what happens because I remember yeah, there was like, a pre- there's a previous chapter where he's like describing like the countryside and how beautiful it is and it's actually very well written and then the rest of the chapter is spent inside so it's just like that was all pointless why are you describing the outside when everything happens inside yeah uh in the first chapter was basically entirely a description yeah I mean it's just like. Uh, like so pointless. Here's everyone showing up for this wedding, and it did nothing to like, like said. It's just describing how, like, and it was all just to be like, hey, here's how the the two main characters met. Yeah, and it's like, you could have just said they met at a, at yeah. a wedding. Like that's perfectly sufficient. Yeah, Mussolini does not have time allocation for his books, which is not a unique problem. Uh, I would say the same of J.K. Rowling. A lot of the time, there's a lot of useless information in uh, the Harry Potter books, which I know you might not agree with me on. I, I mean, I mean, it's just like as someone who read those books before the controversy happened, I know like lots of people have revisited it with a more critical eye, and I think some of it is like it honest, and some of it is like slightly. It's like, eh, you're being a little bit too critical. But yeah, it's like like some of the extraneous details are at least in service of fleshing out the world and making it feel a little bit more lived in because i mean like hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy kind of does that at times where it brings up some like detail and it doesn't really just go into a whole lot about that detail because i remember at one point like it's describing like the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy it's the scene where like the heart of gold is being unveiled the big ship have you read that book no. Oh, you should. It's a, it's a very funny book. I, I've heard it's very funny. Yeah, it's good. I need to read the rest of the series, but um, the the Heart of Gold is a ship that can that can basically teleport to any location in the universe. Long story short, it's more complicated than that. But just in passing, it's like describing the peop like the different aliens there to unveil it, and it's just like it describes like one species there. It's like a hyper intelligent shade of blue. And that's all you get on this, this creature. And I'm like, well, I want to know more about that. And it's just, <laughs> it's just like, Nope, that's a hyper intelligent shade of blue. That's there. Whatever. That's Moving cool. on. It flushes out the world. It treats the world, like treats it as normal, even though it's not to us because it's just like, okay, here's an element of this world. That's just being presented to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, consequential to the plot but it makes the world feel more alive because it's just like hey that's an extra detail there i will say in regards to rowling by comparison her time allocation issues isn't necessarily with describing things in the way it is with like mussolini or in the good example you provided of hitchhiker's guide uh but it's more like um she I feel like when I read it, half the book it could just be filler in a lot of them. And then finally we get to the plot, and it's in, like, the third act. Yeah, it's just, like... 
I feel like um, the Harry Potter books, I, I think I get what you're saying. They spend a lot of time in class in the books. Yeah, it's very much like, okay, what we're reading here doesn't actually have too much bearing on the plot. Uh, but but now mean, we're at the plot, and that's okay. I'm enjoying reading that. The thing is, is that I, I like the, the class scenes in the book because it's just like, okay, they are at a school. I do want to see them doing school stuff. Yeah, I just wish she could tie it better into the plot. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, like, a little bit of a controversial opinion. I think the movies, like, just in terms of plot, I think are better. Just because, have you, I know you read the books in response to the controversy. Did you actually watch the movies? Uh, yes, I watched and read. I did think uh, the movies definitely were better on several points. Um the books were better in other ways too, but I think I would prefer the telling of the movies just because there's a few points where the main characters are just kind of being assholes and Rowling doesn't seem to get that. <laughs> like, uh, uh, there's, I, I think in the movie, it's actually the same here, but there's one point where Dudley doesn't even do anything and he just gets fucking shit on yeah at the start of the book he doesn't even do anything and they're just like yeah let's fucking prank him dude i think it was the weasley twins who did that oh uh, yeah i will say third movie best one yeah I, I would agree yeah alfonso cuaron is is pretty good i think that's how you pronounce his name he directed gravity which is yeah. another movie i really like it's a good thing i'm a hater because i can really enjoy hating things yeah i don't know i'll i'll still not like, that i specifically enjoy yeah, them here's here's my opinion book. on harry potter stuff is like i will still occasionally go back to the books and the movies but i won't buy any new harry potter stuff yeah i think that's completely fair i don't want to actually knock anybody's enjoyment of like the franchise because you can like it for a whole lot of different reasons, and just criticizing it isn't going to detract from those reasons. I'm just a hater, so I'm going to hate on it. Anyway, let, read a different fucking book. <laughs> true. So true. Stop comparing real-world events to fucking Harry Potter. Uh, uh, we, we say as we, we're just comparing stuff to Harry Potter. Anyway, back to the book. This is not a Harry... A, well, we were comparing it because it's books. <laughs> we're yeah. comparing books to Harry Potter. Yeah, I know, but still. It's just like, don't compare... It is Mussolini. These books, yeah but. okay anyway back to the book yeah yeah we got through one paragraph by the way <laughs> we're great we have a lot to say about everything yeah the previous night exactly when in the tavern of the moat of san simonino the secular dominion of the madruza was facing trial at the bar of the people another meeting was being held in the villa of the count di castelnuovo situated on the other side of the fersina Close to the Roverato Ro, Highway. At this secret meeting, there were present several knights of noble blood, friends of the Count, and two ecclesiastics representing the chapter of the cathedral, which had not yet decided in what manner to intervene in the matter of Don Benicio's arrest. The discussion had, long, had been long and animated. Two lines of policy were contending with one another. The one was represented by the Count de Castelnuovo and his impulsive companions, and the other by the older persons present, and by the prelates who had grown circumspent by long experience in politics. 
the first wished to assault the castle, massacring, if necessary, the Tsutsi and the garrison, then to arrest the cardinal and Ludovico Particella, declaring both relieved of their respective offices, then to form a provisional committee of regency and place the final settlement of the affairs of the Principate in the hands of the emperor and of the papacy. At the same time, they were to cause the imprisonment of Claudia and draw, draw up the accusation against her, demanding the penalty of death, which I don't, I still don't know exactly what she did. Is it just like, yeah, what, what did she do? I know people illegal. suspect she had something to do with uh, Madruzo's niece's death. Yeah. But it's just like, there's not a whole lot of evidence for that. Yeah, she, like... I guess, like, the, the, most she's, the most she's really done is corrupt Emmanuel Madruzo. But he kind of Let, was... But he's real. also complicit in his own corruption by, do, like... Let's be real. He was already kind of corrupt, probably. Yeah, yeah it's just like... It's like, what? It's like... Yeah, just blame... I mean, it is accurate to the time period, but yeah, yeah just blame it, the woman. And that... Uh, this is... I've mentioned this in the past. It's like, Mussolini is insisting upon all these characters' motivations. It's just like, there's no actual justification for their motivations. He's just insisting these are these characters' motivations, including, like, the mob. Like, you're insane if you think that these same people who are so upset about this mistress don't have, like, three of their own. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even bring it up, which is strange, because if Mussolini really wants to show the hypocrisy of the church very much, you don't just need to have Don Benizio have, like, this weird, like, fucked-up crush on Claudia. You could also just, like, point it out that all of the people debating on this issue probably also have mistresses. I mean, there was that one bit where, like, like he's describing what he did in, like, the uh, tomb, and they're like, oh, you moved a lamp? <laughs> the lamp? What oh, my God, fuck? how could you move a lamp? That's I'm so terrible. Puke. I'm gonna fucking puke, guys. <laughs> Anyway, let's get back to it. Uh, yep. The others rejected the proposal of an armed assault on the castle. They did not believe it useful or prudent to arrest the cardinal who had... Er, sorry. Arrest the cardinal, the more because the chapter of the cathedral had already sent memorials concerning him to the pope and the emperor. It's like, yeah, like, you already told, like, the head honchos about this. Let them decide. I know they're probably busy being pope and emperor, but at the same time... It's just like you can afford to wait a yeah, little bit. Just probably. fire him. They, they he's already doesn't want to be part of this. Just fire him. He wants to be fired. You can just yeah, wait. I, I understand this is like the 17th century, and things were different back there, especially in how like the Catholic Church handled itself. But just fire him. This isn't the fucking Soviet Union where Stalin get. Stalin asks to resign four times and they can just tell him, like, no. Yeah. He he can just be like, yeah, I don't really want to be a... Pre can I, like, get kicked out, please? Yeah, clearly... Like, because everybody wants it, too. Yeah, it's just, like, mu like, mutually that's beneficial for everyone, is if you just fire the guy. You just let yeah. him go. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. They agreed as to the desirability of and the word gets cut off at the end of the page here, of organizing a popular demonstration for the following evening. The crowd would go to the castle and demand the dismissal of Ludovico Particella and the exile of Claudia. This party prevailed. It was decided that the de demonstration would begin on the termination of the Vesper services in the Church of St. Peter. 
Anyway, do you want to continue from here? I'm assuming you have it up on your phone over there. I do, yes. I've been reading along. In this church, the larger portion of the Sunday afternoon crowd was wont to gather. In the morning, the ecclesiastics who were opposing the house of the Madruzo put in their time preparing the scheduled events. The chapter of the cathedral held its final session to draw up definite plans. The Count de Castelnuovo informed his relatives of the plan and summoned those of his friends and followers who inhabited the valley sections. The rumor spread and reached the ears of the cardinal, who considered it prudent to transfer his domicile to the palace of the Albere. Yeah, domicile. This is my own private domicile and I will not, not be, be harassed. harassed. Bitch. <laughs> uh, I'm almost done with that, by the way. I have like six episodes left with my brother to oh, go. Oh, cool. Yeah. Good show. Yeah, very good show. Comrade Jesse. Ray. Yeah. <laughs> what world do you live in? One where the guys who are who are Don't actually doing do the work, work aren't getting fisted. <laughs> Embrace communism. Yeah, literally just describing surplus value. <laughs> yeah. The defense of the castle and the maintenance of public order were in the hands of the captain of the city, Baron Ottavio di Grestel, an energetic man well able to confront and dominate critical situations. The service in St. Peter's passed uh, off in perfect, perfect order. Among the worshippers were nearly all of the clients of the tavern and numerous groups of knights, recognizable by their fringed velvet mantles. The... <clears throat> The liturgical sonority of the singer's voice, accompanied by the organ, filled the temple, illuminated by the yellow flames of the candles which burned on the altars, and by the rays of light which filtered through the windows. From time to time the crowd knelt and bowed their heads, and the choral responses had the sol solemnity of the prayers which the crusaders raised before battle to the god of the Christians." Uh, this is a case where I do appreciate his descriptions. Yeah, again, like, I, there are times where his descriptions are good. It's unfortunate that lots of the time they're not relevant to what's actually happening. In this case, it actually kind of is. Yeah, like, it. he's describing the church service, and we're actually there for a bit. So. Yeah, and also, um, and, and for a moment, it's going to, like, this crowd is also going to be, you know, going to the piazza. Like, they're going to form a mob. So it's just like, yeah, this is relevant. We're focusing yeah. on a crowd and what they're going to do. Okay. And how, where the crowd was formed. Yeah. It's just like, okay, this makes sense. This is decent. It's not amazing, but it's decent. Yeah, you, you did your job yeah, as this, a writer. Yeah, it's like a C plus B minus job. It's like, okay, fine. This is fine writing. You got it done. The doors opened and the crowd thronged into the streets. A single cry echoed. To the Piazza di Fiera! To Piazza di Fiera. After, after the first astonishment, there was a moment of indescribable confusion. You just described it. That actually doesn't make sense. Yeah. Many women drew aside in dismay and hastened their steps homeward. Others threw themselves into the midst of the throng to dissuade their husbands, their fathers, their brothers. And there were some who joined the procession. At the head was a group of knights led by Count Antonio di Castelnuovo, who believed the moment arrived to avenge Filiberta. Then followed a crowd of varied ages and conditions, all unarmed. The priests had remained in the canonical residence. Even before news of the uprising had reached the castle, the procession had invaded Piazza de, de Fiera. Here new cries of vengeance echoed. Death to the Particella! To the stake with Claudia! Death to the assassins of Filiberta! 
The wrath which had so long been fermenting in the soul of the people now exploded with the violence of a destroying tempest. The more excitable hurled themselves against the palace door. They wished to demolish that love token, an insult to the miserable folk who slept in the squalid garrets of the Pie di Castello. I'm assuming it's Pie and not Pie. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm assuming. Uh, interesting stuff so far. We have uh, Count Antonio. He's back. Yep. What a, what a chill guy. Yeah, the guy who uh, broke down in the tomb, who was with uh, Don Benicio when he moved that lamp. <laughs> yeah, when he moved that fucking lamp. Doomed the whole world right there. Yeah. That started the fucking... Started Revelation. <laughs> uh, side note, you mentioned Revelations. One thing I really want... Uh, did I mention this to you, like, recently? I want, an, like, an, a movie that's an accurate yeah, we, adaptation we talked of, about of Revelation. Recently. Because that would be awesome. Or a TV show, yeah. I think uh, we said would be better. Yeah. A mini-series. Anyway, weird aside, just wanted to throw that out. Uh, yep. Meanwhile, the revolt was spreading throughout the city. From the quarters of San Benedetto, of San Pietro, of Santa Maria, and of Borgo Nuovo, other groups of citizens arrived to join the manifestations of Piazza dei Fiera. The windows of the palace were by now shattered. The portal was on the point of giving way beneath the fury of the attackers when the captain of the city, Baron de Grestel, arrived with a large squadron of Susi. I think it's Sutsi? I, I don't know. probably. I, I, yeah, I think like double Zs in Italians kind of have like a T-S kind of sound to them. Right, Sutsi. They threw themselves on the mob, whirling their iron-bound staves, cracking the heads of those who delayed flight. I want to point out... This I think it's Stavs. Staves. Yeah. Stavs. 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 Yeah, I, I know. It's one of those words I say. I feel like it should be pronounced staves, but I think it's stavs. Yeah, which is fucked up. Yeah. It's English, really fucked up. English is a dumb language. True. So true. We have, like, seven languages in here. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, one, like, I just want to point out, I was thinking this when I was reading this yesterday... Uh, this is so much more organized than Black Lives Matter protests over something way more trivial. Yeah, just like, oh yeah, this girl died. Why yeah, the common yeah, because it's, it's not because it's not about like corruption in the clergy. It's about Filiberta died, and yeah. we think, and for no particular reason, we think Claudia had something to do with it. Yep, Claudia and Madruzo. So we want Claudia dead. It's just like, no, what what the hell is happening? And as we'll see later. Despite the fact it's way more organized about something way more trivial than Black Lives Matter, and it's treated a, a, with a lot more, like, a lot more kindly by the authorities than Black Lives Matter yeah. is. I will say, it, it doesn't seem to really have a build-up, except yeah. for, like, previous chapters where it says, oh yeah, the people were upset about this. Yeah. You know, somebody just shouts, we're going to the piazza, guys! And everybody just forms a mob immediately and goes to storm a castle. Yeah, and then it kind of just stops. Like, someone comes out and is like, calm down, guys, we'll we'll talk to you about this. And they go, okay. All right, guys, let's all settle down. Yep. Uh, I will pick up from here. Sure. Yeah. The clamor ceased as though by miracle. See, that's what I'm talking about. It's just like, it just stops. There was a terrible pause, a moment of tragic silence. I, th I think that's, I like that, tragic silence. I think that's a decent yeah. uh, turn of phrase. Yeah, no, I like it. The mob withdrew into the street of San Vigilio and invaded the square of the cathedral. 
This was immediately isolated and surrounded by a cordon of Tsutsi, who pre preserved the menacing demeanor of men prepared for violence. The crowd was crammed into one compact mass. Their spirits fluttered in expectation of another attack. A knight was pressed forward and prepared to harangue the multitude. It was the Count Antonio de Castelnuovo who, by this discourse, was about to assume full responsibility for what might happen. Citizens, he said, if this manifestation is not to pass unobserved, but is to obtain the results you desire, it is necessary to send men who enjoy your confidence to the pal to the plate. Sorry, to place your complaints before the Prince Emmanuel Madruzo. Our Lord has retired to the palace of the Albere. It is there that he must be sought and informed of what the people desire. A cry rose, which drowned the knight's voice. They, the release of Don Benicio. Why do you care so much about this guy? Yeah, he's just like a weird dude. Yeah, it's just like, it's Mussolini saying, hey, the crowd agrees with me on stuff, except he doesn't like Don Benicio either. It's just like, yeah. Again, he, he, like, all these motivations he's just insisting upon. There's no good justification for them wanting Don Benicio released. Yeah, no, it's, there he's really just, isn't. Yeah, he's just insisting that they do. Like, no, none of their motivations are just are established. He's just, they're asserted. Also, that's all they want is the release of Don Benicio and the exile of Claudia. Yeah, that's next line. The exile of Claudia. The people demand not else. It's like, guys, this is so fucking trivial. Like, I come mean, on, guys. I mean, Don Benicio is a creep, but you can't, you, you can't just throw people in prison for being a creep, as we've learned from the movie Hoodwinked. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Random Hoodwinked reference. I don't know why that, how that came up. How often does the movie Hoodwinked come up? Anyway, not that often, I don't think. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's just like he—he he should be released because he honestly didn't do anything wrong aside from being a creep, but that's not illegal. Yeah. Um, so he should be released. Claudia, again, she's kind of a bad person, but again, that's not illegal. Yeah, no, she hasn't done anything illegal. Yeah, I don't. It, it wasn't illegal to be a mistress. Yeah, just fire the cardinal. Just fire Madruzo. That's yeah, it. And every please. yeah, like like Pope. It's getting out of hand. Just fire the dude. Right. Like he wants to be fired. He wants to just go and like marry his fucking mistress. Yeah. Very well. Continued Antonio de Castelnuovo. Name your ambassadors, and do not move from this place until you have rece received the reply. As though with one voice, the crowd named the Count and two of his companions, known to the people for the courageous acts, just two randos, just yep. two rando guys. Don't even get named. Yeah. Uh, the three marched through the crowd and departed in the direction of the Cardinal's temporary residence. The Cardinal, apprised of the de demonstration by a series of messengers, had immediately summoned Ludovico Particella to his side. With his trusted counselor, he was awaiting the development and outcome of events. He was walking up and down the courtyard of the palace when one of the halberdiers of the gate came to announce the arrival of the mission headed by the Count di Castelnuovo. Emmanuel went back to his study and called for Ludovico Particella. Yeah, we you already said that he called yeah. for him. Why why do you have to say that twice? You don't, yeah. actually. Then he ordered his squires to accompany the three knights to his presence. In a few moments, the curtain before the study door was withdrawn. The three representatives of the rebellious people bowed profoundly and remained standing. 
the cardinal regarded them with cold eyes. He knew the Count de Castelnuovo. He remembered having seen the two others, uh, uh, who we who have no names and no description. They're cool though. They yeah, but, courageous acts. But apparently they're they're well known enough that the cardinal knows them. Yeah, and I, the people, just the entirety of the people. Yeah, really good writing there. I peek the mic a little bit. <laughs> ah. <laughs> he made a sign with one hand and said, "Speak." I am listening. The Count advanced a step. He lifted his white forehead crowned with a mass of raven black hair and glared at the cardinal, whose flashing black eyes revealed a soul prepared for the utmost. Prince, the Baron de Grestel has undoubtedly informed you of the demonstration which took place in Piazza di Fiera this evening after Vespers. The people are at this moment gathered in the cathedral square and seemed disinclined to violence. So again, it's just like, this is more organized than Black Lives Matter over something way more trivial and is handled with less vi like violence than Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I, honestly, I wish more protests would be like this. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's just like, it's more organized and the, the authorities don't immediately just try and put it down. Yeah, and I, uh, I'd be completely fine with it being over for more trivial stuff. Yeah. I, I do want to be clear. Where we support Black Lives Matter, of course. Yeah, it's just that sometimes like the the protests can be a little bit disorganized, and that's like again like the message is fine, and I'm not gonna like be I'm not gonna be one of the white liberals that Martin Luther King mentioned and talked about. It's yeah. like oh oh I I agree with your message, but not your tactics. It's like that's that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, no, fuck off with that bullshit. Any and all tactics are fine. Yeah, I just wish burn down that police station. <laughs> Okay, maybe. Okay. Legally, that's a joke. Legally, yeah, we're not advocating for property damage. Exactly. Please don't sue us, FBI, or or arrest the us FBI, or kill us. The FBI sues us. In yes. Yeah. No. The FBI just takes up a civil case against us. <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we have been we have been chosen to bring to your ears the voice of the discontented people. The Count's companions bowed slightly. Gentlemen, listen to me. I cannot receive in my palace the ambassadors of a people who are stirring up sedition in the streets. I, I mean, to be fair, they are getting rowdy over something pretty trivial. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, I mean, again, it's organized. and it's, like I guess they did some property damage, but at the same time, it's like they didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. They just kind of hit the door a few times and then walked they, off. I think they broke some windows. Oh, yeah, they did break But again, windows. that's it's like that's not that bad. It's like you can replace windows. Yeah, like, nobody even died. Yeah, it's just like, it's pretty, it's not that bad. So it's just like, it is, it, I would I would just be like, dude, come on. It's like, this is not worth getting that worked up over. I can understand being upset, but like, calm down, guys, okay? I guess I can understand why Count Antonio is personally upset. I don't understand why the people are. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the sedition in the streets. Instead of petitioning for what they desire by legal means and with Christian humility. That's also kind of dumb, where it's just like, oh, uh, so I don't, their methods are bad. Yeah, and it's like literal fucking peasants. Yeah. What, what? christian humility and legal means are going to make you listen to them yeah having spoken these words the cardinal made as though to arise and indicated with a gesture that the audience was over but the count remained motionless 
your reply, O Prince, sands me. In these critical circumstances, it may be the oil which transforms the smoldering flame into a conflagration. Reflect, O Prince, you are the father of this people which has not lost affection for you. I mean, I was going to disagree with that, but then I realized the crowd hasn't actually said anything about him. Yeah, not really. I think they made, like, one comment about him, but it they hate Claudia a lot more for no reason. Yeah. Grant the demands of this people, and the unhappy hour which passes over our city will leave no residue of discord or sorrow. The cardinal cut the speech short with a gesture of impatience. But what exactly do the people want? This question was followed by a long pause. Ludovico Particelli arose, stood by the window, and gazed on the three knights who formed a sort of triumvirate of the revolt. The people, declared the count in a firm voice, demand the release of Don Benicio. Ludovico portrayed the gesture of surprise. Then he crossed his arms and resumed the manner of an impassive observer of men and events. The cardinal, on the contrary, after an axis of noisy laughter, which greatly surprised the, other, the three envoys, replied, the people is ever a child which demands the impossible. The release of Don Benicio is a silly, infantile demand. No, it's not. It's pretty reasonable. I don't think he should be in prison. I feel like they're getting a little bit too worked up over it, but yeah, like it's reasonable to want that. There's no reason why they wouldn't. Yeah. It was not without grave cause that I decided to cast my private secretary into a subterranean cell. Okay, that's... Yeah, I, oh, they're talking about Don Benicio. Yeah. yeah. It's like, again, it's just like, yeah, you didn't need to do that. He profaned a tomb. Now, I thought you guys decided that he didn't. Because it was like, he moved a lamp, and then, like, they, after a lot of debate, they were like, well, he didn't actually take it out of the tomb. He just moved it. Yeah. So it's still fine. So it, he didn't profane a tomb. Also, it's like, he didn't desecrate any bodies. He just moved a lamp. Just calm down. Like, nothing really happened there. I don't see how he profaned a tomb. Yeah. And when I demanded an explanation of his nefarious act, he replied with an arrogant brutality unworthy of a subject and of a Christian. You are perha you perhaps are aware of Don Benicio's enterprise? And I'll let you uh, continue from there. Sure. The Count of Castelnuovo turned pale, but in that moment he had the courage or the cowardice to lie. No, prince. Vague rumors, however, have reached my ears. Nevertheless, a knight's sword was found in the Church of the Holy Trinity. Certainly not mine. <laughs> On another occasion, we shall come to the bottom of the matter. It is probable that Don Benicio himself will end by revealing the name of the companion who assisted him in an act of banditry. Or else, I shall learn of it from other lips. As he's talking to the guy who was with Don Benicio. Yep. The heart of the Count di Castelnuovo beat madly. The memory of Filiberta, the words of the Cardinal, set fire to his blood. The idea of assassination tempted him. To kill a tyrant and present himself to the people. Vindicator of the people's liberty. To repeat the epic gesture, uh, gesture of Brutus. It was an insane moment. The Cardinal demanded, do my people desire anything else? Antonio Count di Castelnuovo, please stop using his full name and title. Dear God, just mm -hmm. call him Antonio. Count Antonio, that works. Caught hold of himself and replied with an almost brutal frankness. 
the people demand the dismissal of Ludovico Particella, the exile of Claudia, and the retrocession, the retrocession of the palace in Campo di Fiera to the public domain. The counselor interrupted in a sarcastic tone. The people's demands are really too modest. I'm old and wish to go, but I do not see just why my daughter must be obliged to leave Trent. I mean, I agree. Yeah, I, I'm in accordance with that he, one. He's not being, like, he's not saying this in good faith, but I agree with it on face value. Yeah, no. The cardinal broke in with violence. These demands are not modest, but insane, my dear Ludovico. They can't be even be discussed. Before the rebels obtain your dismissal and the exile of Claudia, they will have to pass over the dead body of Emmanuel Madruzzo. So you may go, you envoys, and tell the troublemakers that their grotesque demands caused amusement to the Cardinal and the Prince of Trent. Baron de Grestel will break the bones of the rebels. The instigators of the revolt will not escape me. Dude, we get it. You have a boner for this chick. Calm down. Yeah, please. I suppose that the people desired a material diminution of taxes. Uh, dimin diminu diminution diminution eh, of taxes, a free distribution of food. Instead, they demand the dim diminution <laughs> of the authority of the prince through an act of sacrilegious revolt. No, no, go and tell them that Emmanuel Madruzzo does not obey the orders of the mob. Uh. <laughs> it's such like, that's just bad politics. Yeah. They were trying to break into your house. Yeah. Like, come on, you can... You you need to actually play around with politics a little bit there. Yeah. My dude. I get that they're upset about something pretty trivial, but... It's like, you can listen to them for a bit, maybe. Yeah, like, come on. Even if it's trivial, that's not how politics works. Yeah. Sorry. Prince, this reply may occasion bloodshed. It is they who desire it. See, this is one of those things where he does it where you keep swapping back between forth between people speaking, but he doesn't really identify them. So yeah. it's a little bit hard to follow. Yeah, I'm trying to add my own voice to it so it's more clear, but he yep. does this so often and I can't keep up like every voice. Yeah. Like I'm choosing a more aggressive one for uh the Cardinal right now because He's supposed to be aggressive in the scene, and it does come off as aggressive, his yeah. writing. Oh, but... my computer is not plugged in. Hold on, let me fix that real quick. Oh, yeah, you want to pause it real quick? Yeah, I'm going to... All right, we're back after... Um, I, I, When I showed up, I did not plug my laptop in, because we record at Jake's place, and uh, but we record to my computer, and I set up my computer, and I hooked up all of our equipment, and I just never plugged into my computer. Whoops. And my computer uh, does not have a very long battery life, so it almost died pretty quickly. Whoops. No berries. Or batteries. Yeah, no berries. Gotta get those berries. Bellies, <laughs> bellies, bellies, bellies. <laughs> uh, Prince, this reply may occasion bloodshed. It is they who desire it. Cardinal, do not forget that the Church of Christ commands that princes be not tyrants, but fathers of their peoples. Of peoples who obey, not of those who revolt. Well, he has a fucked up uh, conception of how authority works. Yep. 
Grant something at least, and the passions of the people will be calmed. Any concession under these circumstances would be an abdication. Prince, for the last time, reflect. You, have you will succeed in subduing the rebels, but you will have sown the seed of hate in thousands of hearts. Make the gesture of forgiveness. The knight made an eloquent peroration in support of his cause. The cardinal seemed moved. He showed a moment's hesitation. In reality, he was of a gentle nature, disinclined to bloodshed. Then withdraw for a few moments. I will take counsel and make known to you my decisions. The three withdrew. The conference of the Cardinal and Ludovico Particella was not brief. The Cardinal was disposed to concede the release of Don Benizio. Particella insisted on the rejection of all the demands. At the end, the Cardinal imposed his will and the counselor bowed. At the given signal, the three envo envoys returned. I think I'm going to pick it up here, finish off the chapter, and I'll have you start the next chapter. Sure. Sounds good. All right. I accept but one of the demands which you have made. Tomorrow I shall propose to the Aulic Council the release of Don Benizio, and I shall endeavor to obtain it. I cannot do more. I shall inform the waiting populace. With these, with these three words, the three knights, after a profound bow, took their leave. The crowd was waiting impatiently, for the Ave Maria had already sounded. When the Count di Castelnuovo communicated, communicated the decision of the prince, a medley of discordant voices rent the air. But at a sign from the captain of the city, the Tsutsi hurled themselves anew upon the multitude. The knights resisted. The conflict assumed the character of an insurrection. But the defenseless people flew madly through the alley toward their homes, and even the knights at last dispersed. Okay, there we go. There's the authority uh, beating up the crowd. Yep. There, there we, we go. go, baby. Just waiting for it. There's, a, there's absolutely no uh, real-life example of that, of course. Yeah. It's funny that they waited until, like, after the crowd kind of started to calm down. Yeah, like when they're just complaining. Yeah. Night fell upon the city. All the doors were shut. No light burned in the windows. Through the des deserted streets echoed the rhythmic march of the Sutsi and the Halberdiers. Baron de Grestal betook himself to the palace of the Albere to make his detailed report on the events of the day. He found the cardinal in conference with Ludovico Particella. Prince and counselor thanked the baron and dismissed him. During the same night, the Count di Castelnuovo, fearing arrest for his participation in the revolt, and still more for the affair of the convent of the Trinity, departed for Italy. The next day, the Cardinal presided at the session of the Aulic Council, which meant to discuss the events of Sunday. It was decided to release Don Benizio, but to exile him for a year from the Principate. Okay. <laughs> cool, I guess. Again, didn't really do anything aside from move a lamp. Yeah, no, I don't think there's any actual crime there. Yeah. The same evening, Don Benizio, accompanied by two officials of the Suzzi, departed for a convent in the neighborhood of Bre Brezzanone. Ludovico Particella continued to perform the offices of counselor and Claudia those of distant mistress. Little by little, the excitement was calmed. September passed without events worthy of mention. 
Meanwhile, the Cardinal was growing old, waiting for the papal dispensation, which would permit his marriage to with Claudia, still a recluse in Castel Toblino. Right, she's still in that castle. I remember, like, he sent, like, a bunch of, like, mercenaries to, like, keep watch on her, and it's like, dude, no, that's a bad idea for a couple of reasons. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, I don't know, you could just recruit guards. Yeah. Anyway, it's just like, yeah, Pope, just fire him. Just fire him. It'll make things easier. Come on. You know he you want to. It. You know you want to. Anyway, that was chapter eight. Now on to chapter nine. What, what would we call chapter eight if we were to give it a title? The people get mad at trivial shit. Yeah. A trivial revolt. There we go. Yeah, trivial revolt. Uh, anyway, chapter nine. I'll let you start. The first days of October came and no good news had arrived yet from Rome. The intercession of the Queen of Spain and the King of Hungary, the attestations of bro Brother Macario da Venezia of the Minor Observers, and of Vittorio Barbacovi of the Cathedral of Trent, confessors of the Cardinal, had not succeeded in hastening the decision of Alexander Seventh. Emmanuel Medruso had spent in embassies and gifts fully a hundred thousand florins. He had his bridal equipment ready, yet the papal decision did not come. This delay made him uneasy, but it did not deprive him of hope for a favorable reply. Meanwhile, he did not concern himself with the affairs of the Principate. He lived from day to day, entertaining himself by reading his favorite classic authors in the wardrobe, a beautiful chamber in the highest part of the castle, containing splendid vestments, silverware, jewels, medals, antiquities, glass vases, a display of splendid plate, and a collection of all the marbles which had been dug up in the domains of the sh of the bishopric, not to mention an antique breviary containing the life of San Vigilio, advocate of Trent. That was a mouthful. I will say, just like a minor thing, is that there's a slight difference between the uh, version you're reading and the version I'm reading, because you said a, a, what was it, a splendid display of plate or something like that? Uh, a display of splendid plate and a collection of all the marbles. Yeah, for me it says, a plate of splendid diaspro, which I, I'm guessing that um, that the translator Hiram Motherwell, which I, I learned it's pronounced Hiram, not Hiram. Ah. And I think it's like a biblical name, like a Hebrew name. Mm. I'm not sure. Probably. Uh, so, which makes a little bit more sense. Uh, so, yeah, slight difference in translation there. Yep. Anyway, I'll let you continue. Uh, I'll probably until like this page and then like the next page and then I'll probably pick up after that. Sure. One morning towards the end of summer... Uh, while the cardinal, just returned from a walk in the deer park, was going to his private study, he was approached by a courtier in his service who announced the presence of, in the castle of Sister Bernardina of the Cross of Reveretto. Rovereto. I don't know. The cardinal was not greatly surprised. He commanded that she be ushered into his presence and prepared to receive her. The chronicles of the period relate that Della Croce Giovanna Maria, or Sister Bernardina, was born at Rovereto in 1603, the daughter of Joseph Flori Floriana, a man who drank freely of the wine of Isera. A lot of Italian names right now. Yep. 
the daughter, Bernadina, grew to womanhood fair and bosom. I, I, I will say, before you continue... Oh, wait, no, never mind. I, I, I was misreading something. I will say, I don't know if this is in your version, but um, at the beginning of this paragraph, um, there's, like, quotes around this person's name. Yes. Like, yeah. I don't know why. It's not necessary. Yeah, no. It's also not necessary to just, like, give the give this much of a backstory like oh yeah here's the name she was born with and here's the name she took when she joined the convent yeah um, it's not really necessary yeah uh but there is something at the end of this paragraph i want to point out and then um i'll, I'll let you keep going until it ends and then i'm going to point it out again and then i'll pick up after that because there's something i really want to talk about that really confuses me and it doesn't have to do with the writing itself it's just like the formatting that really confuses me but whatever sure uh, gracious and charming, with blonde and lustrous hair, with white and delicately colored flesh, flashing eyes, and grave and frowning aspect, she seemed to despise the base necessities of life, while yet a girl she showed herself inclined to the works of piety and devotional exercises. We got a little bit of r slash men writing women in there. Yes, absolutely. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, but anyway, this next paragraph, this is what I wanted to point out. It, it starts with a quotation mark, at least in my version. Is it there on yours? The paragraph does? Yeah, the next paragraph, at, the, at that point. Oh, there. at that period in my oh, copy, yeah. but no... Yeah, it is at that period, I misread it. There's no, uh, there's no... Yeah, no quotation mark for me. Yeah, the, yeah, there's a quotation mark at the start of this paragraph, and then the way that uh, quotation marks work is if a paragraph ends but the quote is still going... That paragraph won't end with a quotation mark, but the next paragraph will start with one, just to indicate that it's still going. Yeah. This continues for several paragraphs, where several paragraphs just, like, start with a quotation mark. But this isn't dialogue. It isn't, no. So I don't know why it's there. And this, this goes to where I wanted you to stop. Yeah, which... that, that can't be, like, a coincidence, like a mistake. Yeah, no, because it's, it's through multiple paragraphs. Yeah, I don't get it yeah it's it's very weird anyway i'll let you keep reading yep just one moment i was looking ahead for a second okay at that period there was in roveretto a certain brother thomas of roveretto who seeing the sanctity of behavior that distinguished this fresh flower of loveliness oh my god yeah urged her to abandon the world and shut herself up in a convent. Get thee to a nunnery. <laughs> Which, this seems like a weird thing by Mussolini. Yeah. You know, where, like, he's saying, "Ah oh, man, she was such a flower of loveliness, and yet she's being shut up in this convent. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't, I don't have a high opinion of uh, this writing. This is. I think this is also men writing women. Yeah, uh, a thanks, little bit. Mussolini. Not as bad as like the description that was given of her to start with. Yeah, no, not worse, but definitely like also in play. Yeah, it's it's. There's a tinge of it there. Yeah, like I, I'm not surprised that a man wrote that line. Yeah. Not surprised that Mussolini wrote that line either. Yeah, knowing how much like of a rapist he was. Yeah. There was, however, an obstacle in the mother who had other plans for her daughter. 
Yet the fame of this excellent and devout creature spread rapidly through Rovereto. Bernardino went to Trent with the intention of establishing a convent. But at the court of the Madruzo, the plebeian girl, reformer, reformer, did not succeed in gaining audience. This disdainful creature strongly resented the rebuff and fell sick. Then Afra, a devout sister of the Third Order of St. Francis, came to visit her and became a devoted friend. Through her, Bernardina found access to the devout matrons of the Trentino. And they became so active on her behalf that she was granted permission to found a convent at Rovereto in conjunction with the Church of San Carlo and under the rule of St. Clara. Which, this is a lot of information that I'm not sure all of it is really needed. Yeah, I know. This is, this is one of those superfluous things. And it's just like, this is just like, like, there are like superfluous details, like we mentioned earlier, that you can add that makes the world feel more fleshed out. But usually that has to do with like fantasy worlds. Yeah. Or like like it or it takes place in our world, but there's fantasy elements like Harry Potter. It's just like, okay, this takes place in our world, but obviously Diagon Alley isn't a real place. Yes. So there's going to you should add extraneous details to make this fictional place feel more fleshed out, feel more real. In this case, the only thing I think I would have kept of her like backstory beyond being a nun of impressive repute would be um, the fact that Madruzo did not, like, grant her wishes. Yeah. Like, that's relevant backstory. Include that. Everything else here is just, like, it's a bit too much. Yeah, it's all unnecessary. Yeah. Anyway, one more paragraph, and then that's where I wanted to, like, yeah, pick up. Sure. Here she took the name of Sister Maria Giovanna of the Cross. Her sermons, full of inspiration and enthusiasm, gained her much fame, and she came to be regarded as one endowed with a gift of prophecy. The poor came to seek her counsel in the miseries of life, and princes sought her advice in the... Vicissitudes. Yeah. No, vicissitudes of war. Illustrious personages passing through Rovereto visited this exemplary woman. The Emperor Leopold co- corresponded with her and gave her 6,000 florins for the erection of a convent of St. Anna at Borgo in Valsagana. Yep, and that's where I have a close quotation mark. Yeah, and that's still not dialogue. I don't have that in mind, so I don't know why it's in yours. Yeah, I, I have no idea why that's there. I'm, I don't know if it was... A mistake on Hiram Motherwell's part. I don't know if it was a mistake on the printer's part. I don't know if that was in the I, original. That, it must have been Hiram's. Like, yeah, I don't know if it was a a uh, Hiram or mis- Mussolini. Yeah. Um, actually, we can check this real quick. Um, do you know what, like, when your version was printed? Because I'm assuming you're reading this on archive.org, right? Yes. Uh, one second, just checking my current page. Uh, Going way back to the start. Because I believe mine is 1928. Yeah, first printing August 1928, second printing August 1928. First published in India in 1942. Okay, so yours came later. Yes. So I'm assuming this was a correction that was made, taking out those quotation marks. So it's... Yeah. Okay, so whoever... So from... 1928 to, what did you say, 1942? Yes. Uh, someone corrected this. Yeah. Which is um, interesting that they corrected that. 
just like they spent more effort correcting a mistake in but Mussolini's almost virtually unknown book uh, rather than uh, this is a random fact that I know so um, in in a Christmas Carol this is completely unrelated but I I feel like I it's somewhat related to the like formatting thing um, in uh, on one page like in the I, in the original printing which I I've held an original printing of a Christmas Carol because I, t- I took a class on this in college yes I took it in class an entire class just on a Christmas Carol <laughs> trust me like how how my college handled I remember you talking about this yeah handled humanities is a little bit weird. But um, and I was gonna take a different class on a different one of Charles Dickens's work, but that got canceled, so I ended up doing that, the one on a Christmas Carol. But um, there is I also like was uh, studying his uh, scans of his manuscript, and so there's one line in the original printing of a Christmas Carol. The text is justified, but there's one line that doesn't make it all the way over to the right margin, and that's because a comma is missing, and that's never been corrected. In any subsequent printing, so they so. Benito's, the Cardinal's Mistress, M- Mussolini's almost entirely unknown book has been corrected, but yep. not one of the most famous Christmas stories of all time. Yep. Uh, Yay. Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty good and cool. Yeah. Anyway, that's a, the most obscure fact I know. So, the more people who know that obscure fact, the better, because I, I feel like it's a fun fact. It is just a fun fact, yeah. It's fun to know. Anyway, I will pick up from here. Sister Bernard- Bernardina, yeah, Bernardina of the Cross entered, saluting the Cardinal with a profound bow. He Mussolini likes, and I don't know again if this is for, like as a result of translation or if it's Mussolini. He likes to use the word profound to describe bows. Yeah, he does that a lot. I, I noticed that too. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. And so th- I didn't really comment on it. But... Yeah, and this is this is something I've noticed with people. Is that oftentimes there's recurring phrases that they use? Yeah. No, no, notably, I I notice this more is more prevalent with like crazy people, for lack of a better term, like flat earthers and shit. I'll notice like particular turns of phrase that they like to use, and I, there's particular like turns of phrase that I like to use too. Like I like to use the word unsubstantiated a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like yeah, there are certain words and phrases that people like to latch onto and use. For sure. And most of the time, they're not really thinking about it. You yeah. Know? It's just like, oh, yeah, that's just how I describe this yeah. thing. It's just that this one feels kind of innocuous. Can we take a quick break? I have to piss. Sure. Okay. We're going to take a very quick break. Anyway, we're back. Uh, where was I? Where were you, indeed? Uh, <laughs> it would have been St. Bernardina of the Cross entered, saluting the Cardinal with a profound bow. Uh, I think you just finished that paragraph. Yes, Prambo. So she had a mission to fulfill. She had a mission to fulfill, and I had been confided to her by the supreme authority of the church, the Pope. I mean, yes, that is that is who that is. Yep, that that would be uh, objectively correct. Yes. Good job, Mussolini. You did it. Yeah. Uh, Sister Bernadina had lost the graciousness of her youth. The veil conferred a cadaverous pallor on her formerly clear but now dried and wrinkled face. This is the most description we've had of one character so far. Um, and, and it's a woman. Yeah. Good job, Mussolini. Yeah, you did it. But she's also just not very important. Yeah, no, not yeah, really. I still don't know what our main characters look like. Uh, Aside from that, Claudia has like a pale face and black hair, and that's it. I, w- I would guess maybe at one point Mussolini probably sh- said she had breasts. 
Yeah, I would that assume. I, I, and she was looking into the water. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, because that's how somebody looks. They look into the water, and that's, yeah. <laughs> that's like a, an appearance for them. Yeah. Uh, her eyes shone with a mystic fire, which revealed a spirit animated by divine eroticism. <laughs> divine eroticism. What a turn of phrase. Yeah, men writing women. The shape of her body, men writing women, was not visible beneath the robe. Okay, less men writing women. <laughs> Should have finished that clause there. Only her. No, I, I think that would still be men writing women, because why bring it up? Yeah. <laughs> Only her long and subtle fingers protruded from the ample sleeves. Her voice had all the inflections of an inspired woman. At times it was the warm and musical voice of the sorrowing Magdalene at the feet of Jesus. Again, it had the dull accent of the nun who prays in the solitude of her cell. At other times it had the sharp hissing of a woman who forces the chords of her voice to reach distant, unearthly ears. Emmanuel Madruzo had never seen Sister Bernadina. He knew her by reputation and had never disturbed her in her religious activities. He knew th he knew that popes, kings, and princes held her in highest esteem, even do even to the extent of appealing to her in their most serious difficulties. After that, after that first attempt to gain access to the court of the Medruzo, Sister Bernardina had vowed never again to cross the threshold of the castle of Trent. She regarded the family of the Medruzo as lost to the divine grace. And she would not have broken her vow had not the Pope himself designed to choose her to fulfill this most difficult and delicate mission. The sister raised her scintillating eyes to the cardinal and began, Three evenings ago, two Franciscans presented themselves at the convent of, the, of Borgo and Valsugana, where I was in retreat, and asked to speak with me. They were messengers from the Pope, who had, who had, hold on, who had commissioned me through them to come to Trent to place in your hands his holy decision written with his own hand and addressed to, to you, prince and pastor. This is the purpose of my unex unexpected visit, and here is the papal letter. Is 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 he going to get fired? Let's see. Yeah. So saying, Bernadina drew from her purse of black velvet which hung from her girdle a paper which bore the seal of the sacred palaces and handed it to the cardinal. He, on receiving it, made a great effort to contain his emotion. From the first words of the nun, he had divined the purpose of her visit. The scrap of paper released him from his exasperating expectancy. Whether affirmative or negative, the papal decision had finally arrived. The cardinal said, Permit me, sister, to read it immediately. The sister bowed. I mean, it's his letter. <laughs> yeah, like, you can read it whenever you want, dude. Yeah, it's just like, you don't need to ask the mailman permission to read your own mail. Hey, uh, yo, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, can I read this? Yes. <laughs> uh, sure, dude. Uh, I peek the mic again. Damn it, we're good at uh, audio production. <laughs> 100%. The Cardinal began to read the document. His eyes coursed rapidly over the written lines. A meme of uh, the, that, the chef from Ratatouille just reading back and forth. Faster and faster. Yeah. <laughs> like those of a man condemned to death, reading the response to the, a, a request for clemency. In a brief preamble, the Pope related the intervention of the Queen of Spain and the King of Hungary, and made mention also of the request which bore the attestations of the confessors of Emmanuel Madruzo. 
Thereafter, he made known that having put the question to the Supreme Council of the Church, all the cardinals had placed themselves on record as opposed to the granting of the desired dispensation. The letter ended by exhorting the cardinal not to insist further in a scandalous request, on pain of ecclesiastical severity and papal anathema. <laughs> so I like that. It's just like, we're not firing you, and if you ask again, we're going to punish you. It's like, well, then... Yeah, no, like you should. You, yeah, just, you should ask again. Yeah, it's just, just fire him. Just fire him. Make life easier. Come on, it's better for everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll probably read on to the next page, and then I'll p let you pick up. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, yeah. When he had finished reading, Emmanuel Medruso bowed his head as though to collect his thoughts. Then, without saying a word, he tore the letter, again and again, into the smallest possible bits. At the sight of this sacrilege, Sister Bernadina rose to her feet and with a trembling voice said, My prince and pastor, hearken unto me as other lords have hearkened unto me. The thing which you have now done, have just now done with such cool deliberation has revealed to me that your soul is on, a, on the way to per perdition. Who talks like this? Even back then nobody yeah i hope for the sake of your eternal salvation that you will not choose the path that leads to the final precipice mortify your flesh control your passions put away the flatteries that tempt you and close your life in the grace of god give an example of virtue and you will be Im imitated and yeah imitated and pitied my words are the words of a poor nun i know it but i also know that i am expressing an immortal truth the princes of the church must be a beacon of light to their subjects, to the humble and the heavy laden. Only thus, thus does one become worthy to guide the destinies of the peoples. He tore up a letter. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that. It's not that deep. I'm sure a lot of people have torn up papal letters. Anyway, it's your go now. Okay. Emmanuel lost in his own meditations, listened to these words which beat, rebounded, and clashed in his brain, without producing any clear images. And the sister began again to speak in an even more inspired voice, which finally fascinated and subdued Emmanuel. Prince, reflect. What is your life? A shadow, a dream, an illusion. What are the material pleasures which enslave us? This is heresy, by the way. What, yeah. what she's saying right now is actually heresy. <laughs> um like fuck what was uh i think therefore i am uh what was that guy fuck i don't know uh, it was a philosopher descartes oh okay uh descartes had to very carefully toe the line for saying this exact same shit because if you deny that the world exists basically which is kind of what she's saying here your life is an illusion uh -huh. you are denying that it is a necessary thing to enter heaven uh -huh. like you are treading very close to just heresy ah uh, okay like christians even back then did agree life is an important thing yeah okay. and it's not just about like heaven and shit okay good just wanted to to say that real quick because I noticed immediately, Descartes would have been pissed by how easily she's saying this. <laughs> who wins eternal bliss? Surely not he who gives free rein to his carnal appetites, but he who knows how to control himself by prayer and mortify by force his rebel senses. 
he who is willing to separate himself from the world, the better to understand and pardon it. He who in solitude renounces case, and through silence, meditation, and prayer, cultivates the incorruptible and eternal riches of the spirit. Dig a deep chasm. Oh, it's still her. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is one of those examples where yeah, I, uh, uh, like the paragraph ended and the dia- but the dialogue hasn't. So the next paragraph starts with an opening quotation mark. Yeah, I thought I saw a quotation mark, but uh, I made it up in my brain. Yeah. Uh, dig a deep chasm, my lord, between your past and your future. Forget, oblige yourself to forget, and your suffering will be your purification. No one shall know from my lips that you, like a heretic worthy of the stake, tore into bits of paper upon which our supreme shepherd had placed his hand. Only accept with Christian obedience the decision of the pontiff, and you will effect your own pardon. A lot of words. Yep. Emmanuel began to feel this fascination of the nun. Okay, that's a weird way to say it. The idea of renouncing his dream and closing the drama of his life p- crossed his brain, but the image of Claudia returned to perturb it. She possessed him even unto death. Saint Bern- uh, Sister Bernardina whoops, gazed fixedly at the cardinal. Emmanuel gazed at her with a look of infinite sadness. Sister, he said, your words move me. I would gladly follow your counsel, but I have not the power. I have begged the Pope to grant me a dispensation which would rescue me from the double life which I have been leading for twenty years. My past is known, and it cannot be cancelled. It is strange. I am not permitted to adopt the honest solution of matrimony, and yet concubinage is tolerated. Neither the one nor the other, replied the nun vigorously, but of two evils choose the lesser. However, I do not wish to burden my conscience with the sin of discussing the decisions of our infallible pontiff. I repeat that after twenty years, it is time to return to an upright life. Will marriage prevent me from doing my duty as a good Christian? But it is this hypocritical union which must cease, nor must the thing which you call legal union come to pass. Put an end to this guilty relation to redeem your past and set an example of prudence. I feel it is impossible. Are you so weak, my lord? The flesh is ever weak. There are chains which no human power can break. God is too compassionate to refuse me his pardon. Much will be forgiven to one who loves much. What is the point of this? <laughs> this is like a lot. Yeah, this is a lecture, but at the same time, it's it's full of platitudes. Yeah, it's which like... Is, which is funny, because it's just like... It, I feel like the nun's dialogue isn't supposed to be full of platitudes, but Madruzo's is. Because, like, one, one like legitimate criticism you can uh, levy against a lot of, like, uh, stuff, like, like clergy say, or just, like, religious people say, is that it's platitudinous. It's just, like, you're kind of saying, like, empty stuff. It doesn't mean a whole lot. I yeah. remember uh, we both went to the same Catholic high school. One of my... Uh, uh, theology teachers who was only there a year, but he was a pretty cool teacher. Um, he like one of like whenever we had to like write an assignment, like we had like a writing assignment. He said like, yeah, try not to fill it with pious platitudes because he's like, he's like, yeah, like oftentimes you just say end up saying empty stuff that just happens. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Would I have known this teacher? Uh, no, he was only there for one year. Like I mentioned, it was before. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was before you. I were wasn't. There. 
positive if like uh, we overlapped one year. I think we did, but it was um, uh, I think he was there my junior year. Oh, I see. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you you definitely wouldn't have known him. Um, I, I mentioned Breaking Bad earlier. He was an extra in one episode. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I remember he mentioned that, and then like. Within, like, ten minutes, one of the students actually found the scene, <laughs> and, which was very impressive. Do you know what season um, the, or episode? I believe it's season three. It's uh, after Hank, the, the cousins uh, try and kill Hank. Yeah. And uh, one is in the hospital with his legs amputated. When, like, the cops are going to see the, the surviving cousin, they, like, walk, like, through the hospital. Um... He he's an like a male nurse sitting at a desk looking at like a a folder. Huh, that's cool. Yeah, and like when the cops come through, they he stands up and is like confused, like looks confused as to why they're all walking through. So yeah, that that guy taught me in high school. So I have seen him then. Yeah, you may not have really noticed him, but you've seen him. Yeah, that's fun. Yep. Where was I here? That's a good question. Uh, oh, yep, here we go. In the spirit, not in the senses. I, I think you skipped a paragraph. Did no, uh, I read the fleshes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. In the spirit, not in the senses. Christ did not say so, the cardinal pronounced these last words gravely. Then, as though talking to himself, added, See, sister? <laughs> that, that doesn't sound like he's addressing her as See? a nun. See? See here? See, sister? Look at here. Look here. Yeah. Sis. Yeah. My life has been a subtle martyrdom, see? <laughs> see, sister, my life has been a subtle martyrdom. I've not in me the stuff to be a prince and pastor of the church. I was forced to it. Others imposed their will upon me. For twenty years, a terrible battle has been raging in my soul. The tendencies which impel me towards a free life, struggling with my duties as prince and cardinal. Quarrels, discords, conspiracies, and scarcely veiled hatreds have embittered me. I felt the emptiness about me, that emptiness which isolates the powerful of the earth and makes them strangers among their own kind. I had no need of help. Oh, no, uh, excuse me. I had need of help, of a human hand stretched out to me in a gesture of friendliness. I needed to be loved. A woman appeared to me. Do not interrupt me, sister. I know I should have asked aid of God, consoled myself in adoration of him, drowned my sorrow in religious observances, but I should have been obliged to become a recluse, and this thought crushed me. The woman who has loved me and who is now awaiting me is not the one pictured by the people. Claudia Particella has brought light into darkness of my existence. That is grammatically incorrect. Like into the darkness. Oh, I don't have the in my copy. It is <laughs> okay, just... so so they corrected some things and screwed up some other things. <laughs> yeah, no, in my copy is Claudia Particella has brought light into darkness of my existence. Yeah, for me it says has brought light into the darkness of my existence. Glad it's right in one of them. Yeah. Has anointed my wounds with balsam. Balls. She balls. anointed his wounds with balls. Claudia is a trans woman. <laughs> yep. Based. <laughs> a pre-op trans woman. I, I, I want to clear, clarify, this was not a transphobic joke. We are not transphobic. We support trans people. Yes. I, I realize that could have come off as insensitive, and I apologize for that. Yeah, I'm just making a joke because balsam is a weird word. Yeah. 
And also, balls is a funny word to say. True. Yeah. So, I just wanted to clarify, we support trans people. That, like, you respect people and what they want to, what they identify as and the pronouns that they want to use, please. I think most, I think most people probably I, I, get that. I mean, like, the people who listen, the few people who do probably get that, but I just want to be clear. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that, that may have come off as insensitive. And even if, like, you don't intend to offend, it's not, that's not your place. Yep. If, if someone gets offended by what you say, it's like, that's, that's, that's on you. Like, whether you intended to offend or not, if you offended... You offended, so you should apologize for that. So I apologize if I offended anyone in advance. Yep. Uh, I also apologize if my existence offends anyone. Unfortunately for me, that's most people. <laughs> but that's just being a communist. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> for her sake, I've endured the hatred of the ecclesiastics and have resisted the rebellion of the people. We have lived and suffered together. Death will find us united. Sister, pity me, but do not despise me. Emmanuel was silent. You can't just say he was silent right after you just got through paragraphs of his fucking dialogue. Come the fuck on. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing he's saying he's silent now. Yes, but it's such poor phrasing. Mm-hmm. Like, no, he fucking wasn't. If anybody should be silent now, you should be saying it's Sister Bernadina. Because Emmanuel just finished what he was saying. Of course he'd be fucking silent now. All right, yeah, that was... He did... Yeah, that was his paragraph there. I thought yes. that For whatever reason, my brain, that was uh, Bernadina. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. Bernadina's a lesbian now, too. T- <laughs> uh, based. Uh, but, unfortunately, uh, that is just not actually in the text. Mm-hmm. One day. One day we'll have lesbians. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel was silent. His commotion had held him prisoner, and tears filled his eyes. Sister Bernadina did not wish to insist with vain words. The cardinal rose and kissed her hand. The nun said, I shall remember you in my prayers. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to pick up now. Sure. And with noiseless, with noiseless step, she departed. Does that differ in yours? Does it say steps? Nope. Okay. Weird. Just one step. She, yeah. she has very long legs. Yeah, she took one step and she's just kind of like... She has. She used her teleportation powers. Yeah, just one step and she's out of the fucking room. Yeah. She never left the entrance. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel threw himself into the chair, overcome. Overcome with what? <laughs> the pain of existence. Yeah. The val- He's a me-seeks. <laughs> The valets who heard his sobbing came to ask if he felt ill. Yeah, because if I'm crying, the first thing I... If I see someone crying, the first thing I ask them is if they're sick. Yeah, like, hey dude, you're crying. <laughs> Are you sick? Do you, you have the me? flu? Uh, he dismissed them, and after giving free vent to his sorrow, sought to put his ideas in order for the examination of the situation. A complex, difficult, dangerous situation. Exclamation point. Yes. <laughs> the possible solutions of the problem were various, were various, but none of them, but none of them easy. To rebel against the Pope? To throw the Cardinal's purple into the rubbish heap and marry Claudia? I mean, dude, just run away. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't 
you, you said you didn't want this position. Yeah. You made it pretty clear you were forced into it. Yeah, and it's easy to, like, fake your death and, like, forge a new identity in this time. Walk 20 miles. Yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> no, not even. Yeah. Walk two miles from the city. Yeah, I know. It's just, like, most people didn't leave the towns that they grew up in. Yeah, like, you, it really would not take that much to, like, disappear. No, not at all. I, I think it's because he's a hypocrite. I'm hoping that's what Mussolini's trying to get across here. Yeah, but it's one of those things where it's just, like, I don't, like, I'm clearly not supposed to be rooting for him, but at the same time, Mussolini isn't, like, constantly making him out to be, like, the biggest piece of shit. Yeah, no, like, there are way bigger pieces of shit on the table right now. Yeah, because it's just, like, with, like, I'm gonna go back, because this is gonna be the third time I've brought up Breaking Bad, but in Breaking Bad, like, by, like, hell, even, like, the third season, like, it's very clear that Walt is a bad guy. I thought it was pretty clear from, like, the start, personally. Just, like, it, he's just specifically, like, putting up a front, and I always felt like he, the way he spoke to Jesse was a lot more clear of his, like, personality, more indicative mm -hmm. of his real self than, like, the front he puts up in front of his family. Yeah. But, I mean, at least, like, in season one, you can kind of chalk it up to him, like, kind of being frustrated because, like, you know, he's, like, he's a, he's a teacher not making a whole lot of money. He works at a car wash, and now he's got cancer. Yeah, and then you learn that the whole reason he left is just because he's kind of, like, a dick. Yeah. He's just kind of, like, an insecure asshole. Yeah, it's just, like, like for the first few seasons, the first, like, couple seasons, you can at least chalk it up to it's just, like, he's being pushed to this point. Like, like there's, like, like he's under stress. But, like, by season three, it's just, like, oh, no. He's, he's fucked. He's fucked up. <laughs> Yeah. Although it's funny. Uh, yes. one, one time I was talking with your brother about Breaking Bad, and uh, this was like when I was first watching it, and I was talking to him uh, about, like, I don't get why people don't like Skylar. She's always just correct. Yeah, like, Skylar's fine. Yeah, no, like, I don't know why people don't like there, Skylar. I mean, there's definitely things that you can criticize her for, like... As you could with anyone. Yeah, cheating on Ted Beneke, maybe how she's handling the situation when she, like, actually figures out Walt is a drug dealer. But honestly, it's like, she's in a tight spot. Like, she's not the worst. Yeah, like, I have... Compared to most of the characters on the show, she's kind of just... Well, for one thing, she's usually correct. For another... She's usually trying to do the best she can. Yeah. And it's like, you compare that with Walt, and you're just like, well, he kind of caused a lot of problems on his own, and he's too prideful to even, like, take a solution that would not involve making meth. Yeah, but it, but again, it's like, this is not a Breaking Bad podcast, but the point is, it's like, it should be. It, the, the show makes it clear. It's just like, oh, Walt is a bad guy, whereas with with this book it's just like it like it's not clear that that madruzo is a bad guy it's just that he's like morally not great yeah. he's not bad it's just like it's just like it's more like come on man rather than holy shit yeah you're right this isn't a uh, breaking bad podcast this is actually a podcast about how i hate harry potter <laughs> <laughs> uh but 
but yeah, it's like it's too like Mussolini's too afraid to commit to telling you how much you shouldn't like Madruzo. Yeah, like he wants you to like his main character almost, even though he's writing him as kind of like an asshole, a bad dude. Like putting Filiberta in. She died because of him. It wasn't, like, direct murder, but she did die because of him. He's not a good dude. But Mussolini's too afraid to actually have his main character be, like, a bad person in his own eyes Mm -hmm. because he's kind of like, I don't want to be here, and that's how uh, it... the criticism of the church is supposed to be done. Yeah. Also, I don't know if if the audience could hear your cat, Leo, jumping up on the table in which we have our uh, mics uh, mounted to. Oh, yeah. I hope they could. Yeah, I I think I saw a little spike in the uh, waveform. That's good. I I want them to love him as much as I do. Yeah, Leo is good. Leo is a good cat. He is the pod cat. Yeah, the pod cat. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, where was I? Uh, Yeah. All right. This solution was the first to present itself to Emmanuel's mind but after some reflection, he found himself obliged to reject it. Rebellion against the Pope, even if it did not cost him his life or grave personal injury, would cast him alone among the highways of the world, abandoned and despised. Bro, that's going to happen anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Like, there's no course of action where that doesn't happen. You're going to be despised no matter what you do. But also, even in Mussolini's, like, time himself... Just go to the town over, and you're you can just make up a new name. Yeah, it was even easier back during this time. Yeah, because like, yeah, you might be powerful, but that doesn't mean people know your face. They know your name. Yeah. No court on earth would grant hospitality hospitality to one who had rebelled against the Pope and instigated rebellion. Do you want to marry someone? That's not instigating rebellion. Yeah, not to mention like. You, you can tell that the hypocr- the hypocrisy here, excuse me, I almost said like the hippo, the hippopotamus hypocrisy, uh, which is a good form of government. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hypocrisy here is that like, oh yeah, I want to marry this woman, but I really don't want to lose my status. I don't want to like not be rich. Yeah, it's it's just like Mussolini is writing this character way dumber than he needs to be. Just like find like a shack in the woods. Like this would be so much more compelling if he was like cuz he's just like I I but if I do this that'll be bad. It's like yeah, it's just like I wish he was smarter cuz then I could hate him more. Yeah, because like I'm I'm reading this and I'm like are you kind of just like an a bit of an idiot. Yeah. It's like, no court in the world would accept well, me. I would, yeah. I would say that about every character, so... Yeah, it's just like... Yeah, you know that this is the consequence. It's like, stop whining about it. Like, come on, dude. I have a spine somewhere. Yeah, it's just like, it would be it would be more interesting if it's just like... Yeah, if, like, that's, like, that's the dilemma. It's like, we understand that's the dilemma. Yes, we, we get it. We understand. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. No one would have a spark of sympathy for this man approaching old age with a soul of tort- a soul tortured by amorous passion. And also, it's just like, if you really love this chick, you, ta- you, you take it on the chin. Yeah. Just, like, go. Do yeah. it. 
Yeah, if you love her, yeah, if you love her, you take, you, yeah, you, you become a pariah. Yeah, do it, fuckboy. Yeah, have you heard of eloping? It happens all the time. Yeah, how could he live? He would be obliged to roam from land to land, from nation to nation. Not really, again, it's very, like, most people didn't leave their hometowns. You just go to another village, and you chill. Italy especially, there are corners of the world where people would just not know or particularly care. Yeah, it's also hard to get around Italy. Italy is very mountainous. Yeah, like, just cross the Alps, I don't think anybody would know or care who you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and continuous fear of being struck down by the vengeance of the Vatican, which never pardons. He would know, in the poet's words, how bitter it is to eat the bread of another in another's house. I don't know what poet he's referring to, and I'm not going to Google it, because I'm lazy. I hope it's Diogenes. (laughs) I don't think so. No, I I doubt it is, but it would be really cool if it was. Yeah. And Claudia? Would she sustain with unconquered soul the material and moral discomforts of an existence without without certainty of the morrow? And... And... uh, Excuse me. (laughs) And if Claudia should, should abandon him, Emmanuel did not even dare to think of this possibility. You should, man. Like, have contingencies. Think about your relationship yeah. objectively. Yeah, think about how this could turn out. He had loved Claudia madly, then, then fucking suck it up and marry her. Yeah, do it, fuck boy. Yeah, and believed himself madly loved by Claudia in return. No, it was certainly not political ambition or fear of popular scandal which restrained him from taking to flight. It was the material insecurity of the future, since his property should be confiscated by the Pope or by the emissaries of the Emperor. Yet he dreamed of ending his life tranquilly, free from from the worries of government and the hypocrisies of the Church, unplagued by malicious tongues far from Trent, perhaps even on a tiny island in the midst of the sea, and there forget the adversities of his virile youth in the perpetual love of Claudia. See, now he's getting it. It's just like, yeah, just run away. Yeah, like, dude, you can just do that. They will find somebody else to replace you. Yeah. Supreme illusion. What then? Continue in in the equivocal situation? But this solution, too, presented insurmountable difficulties. The recent revolt had warned the cardinal with a clearness a clearness not easily forgotten. The people of Trent hated Claudia, because they regarded her as the chief artisan of the economic ruin of the city. What the fuck? Yeah, uh, why is she to blame when she has no institutional power beyond sleeping with the fucking cardinal? Yeah, it's like I, I can kind of see blaming her for um, Philiberta's death. But the like the economy doing bad. Oh uh, yeah, the, this priest and this and this woman are having an affair, so the Dow is down. <laughs> yeah, sorry, line go down. Yeah, line Kill go him. down. <laughs> God, imagine if that's how the stock market was, what like what it was predicated on. I mean, it kind of is in some cases. Yeah, like Elon Musk smoking weed and that just causing Tesla's stock to go down. Or just all the or like when the. The fake Twitter accounts, Eli Lilly and the fake Eli Eli Lilly account announcing insulin is free, taking their stock. Uh, it's 
It's so stupid. It's like, so dumb. My favorite, my favorite tweet from that whole debacle is still the the uh, breaking a second Tesla has hit the World Trade Center. It's so fun. That was that was still by far my favorite. Uh, a second cardinal has hit the fucking <laughs> Vatican. <laughs> uh, the people of Trent. Endured unwillingly the tyrannical domination of the House of Particella, which I mean, okay, yeah, you can blame her her house at least, but not her specifically. Her house has lots of institutional power. Yes, okay. like her dad is a counselor of the cardinal. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, that's, to blame that's, them. that's more sense. Makes more sense. And the hardly repressed passions, the long cherished hatreds, and the unassuaged misery were but awaiting another opportunity to burst forth. The people of Trent, by the by the assault on on and attempted destruction of the palace in Campo di Fiera, had clearly demonstrated that it was that it was unwilling long that it was unwilling longer. Okay. Yeah, to, that. Good job, Mussolini. Yeah, maybe it, maybe the trans that's mistranslated. It's supposed to be it was no willing. No longer willing. Uh, that's what it should be, but I would suspect this is Mussolini's mistake because this is consistent with my copy. Okay. Um, to tolerate the dis dissipation of the public wealth to satisfy the caprices of a courtesan. And would Claudia herself consent to remain perpetually a recluse at Castel Tobolino in the position of an un uh, an, of an uh, affianced yeah, affianced bride ever waiting? No. Claudia was longing to return to Trent. Her exile, however voluntary and pleasant, had at last begun to wear, weary her. Weary her? I guess. Weary her. I weary? guess. Weary her. That's still not really correct. She had fully decided to end No, the... in this case it is correct. It's just a weird way to say it. Yeah. Weary. Like, it is correct, technically, but it's a weird way to phrase it that I don't really like. Just yeah. say tire. Yeah. She had fully decided to end the equivocal situation even through flight. A third solution presented itself to the cardinal. Abandon Claudia, shut her up in a convent, as though to lose all track of her. I mean, you can, uh, uh, like, yeah, you can give up on her. That's a valid way to oh, go. Oh, no, keep keep reading. Cause... Yeah, but I mean, you don't need to shut her up in a convent. Just, like, forget about her. And when the popular popular passions had cooled, quietly resumed their life together. Yeah, no. <laughs> and and uh, got fucked again. <laughs> yeah, no, just like, hey, babe, sorry, I'm gonna send you to the nunnery for a bit. Yeah, get thee to a nunnery. <laughs> yep. Lots of recurring themes this episode. Uh, I think in general, this whole fucking book is one recurring theme, and it's, I don't think Mussolini likes women. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Emmanuel could not resign himself to this solution. He had suffered too much for Claudia's absence, and the thought of passing his old age into solitude terrified him. As it should. He should be terrified. Yeah, I mean, also, yeah, we forgot. There's a big age difference between these two. Yeah, isn't it like 20 years? It's something like that. 20, 30 years or so. I think Madruzo is like 40 to 50, I want to say. I'm not going to go back and check. Yeah, fuck this guy. Who cares? Anyway, you want to continue? Yep. Uh, one second. I remembered to look away that time. <laughs> yeah. You want to just finish up the chapter? Like three pages? 
Yeah, sure. Not even. Bizarre ideas, fantastic projects, paradoxical plans whirled through his brain. Oh, he's so big-brained. <laughs> Shut up, Mussolini. <laughs> that is a dumb way to say it. Yeah. We get the point after one. Here, Here's a writing tip for everyone. If you can say it simply, say it simply. Not in terms of dialogue. In terms of dialogue, you're allowed to say stupid shit. Because that can be funny. Yeah, and also that can reflect like the mental state of a character. Yeah. Yes. But when you're discussing, like, in terms of narration of the events, when you're not really tied to a, sp a specific perspective, you can, like, just be simple, be easy to read, be entertaining for sure, but you don't need to add on all of this bullshit. Yeah, it's, it's just like, you don't need your the prose to be super fancy. Yeah, you want it to be readable more than anything else yeah that's not to say it shouldn't it should be boring yeah no by no means should it be boring but it doesn't have to be even if it's simple so long as the writing itself is interesting it's fine don't say the same fucking shit three times yeah i mean it's just like a, a good example of like uh of this of this bad type of writing is um uh, there's this short story called The Eye of Argon. I've heard of it. Yeah. I, I don't remember it that well, but it, I think I might have read it. It's a Conan the Barbarian-style kind of story, like, fantasy, like... and uh, it's, it's coming back to me a lot. Yeah, it was, like, published in, like, a, a fanzine for, like, fantasy works. And it's... And it just uses... The pro the way I've heard it described is the prose is so purple, it's you think it's choking. <laughs> That's brilliant. Okay, I like that line of describing... When somebody's describing bad media, that's when you really get the bangers of good writing. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, but, um... But, yeah, it's it's just, like... I, I've watched a stream. This is where I got the description from. Which we, we should probably... We could watch that, actually, after we're done recording. Absolutely. I would love to. Yeah, but basically... Now we're discussing what we're gonna do. Yeah, after. we're discussing, like, what we're, how we're gonna, what we're gonna do... <laughs> But, um, the, like, the two people reading it, at one point they, like, they bring up, it's just like, he's not using the best word, he's using the fanciest word. And it's just like, you you don't need your lang your prose to be super fancy. No, you we, can, you, we are not the Romans. We're not Cicero. Yeah, you can... Also, the, Rome, the reason why Latin is so difficult to fucking read is exactly because of this fucking problem. I... I know, I understand Latin to a certain extent. I had to read Cicero. The reason why it's so hard to understand is because word order doesn't matter. So they all just decided, hey, the coolest guy is going to be the one who can put the words in the flowery way. And it's like, no, put it simply, please. Dear God. Yeah, but um, it's just like, yeah, in writing it's just like, if you're describing like blood, you could either describe it as red, and that's simple, or you could describe it as crimson. It's just like, and I, I would argue I'm not a professional writer by any means. I did like that's uh, that's not my forte, but I would argue that there are situations where both words would work, where yeah, one absolutely. would work better than the other, and it's just like neither one is better, but it's it depends on the situation. I think crimson works better for a more like shocked and horrified scene. Yeah, red works better for a more like. 
uh, this person is more calmed by yeah, or, or, or not if, calmed, but they're calmer than the uh, yeah. Like I, I would argue, Crimson is better. Where you've like someone stumbled upon like a murder scene and is like trying to process this information. Yes, whereas Red works better if you like got a cut on your arm. Yeah, or if um, or if like in like the heat of like combat or something. Yeah, it's just like it's moving fast pace, so use short words. Exactly, like fancier words isn't necessarily not simple like what i was talking about before but fancier words uh have a place and time to be used yeah and it isn't always applicable yeah it's just like uh, and i i'm someone who likes five dollar words i like big words because oh, yeah. it doesn't... makes me feel smart what, what's the german word uh, that describes a face that needs to be slapped or something. I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. It's a very long word. Well, I mean, that's that's just due to how German combines nouns together. Yes, which is weird, but hold on. I'm going to find it very quickly okay, because well, I love it. Well, while you're doing that, um, I'm going to keep reading. Oh, no, you were reading, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, the word is... <clears throat> back five and gish... gish... Fuck. Let me see. I, I took German in college. I, I can speak some German. So hold on. Give me a second. It's just uh, such... It's one of the most German words I've ever read. Back five engesicht. Yeah. Let, let me back, take it. Back five engesicht. Back five engesicht. Sicht. Yep. I got it more or less right. Yep. Anyway, I will let you uh, continue. Yes. Uh, Madruzo has one of these. Yeah. <laughs> Got him. I mean, we don't really know. We don't really know what he looks like. Because That's we Mussolini, Mussolini has one of these. I mean, yes. A face that needs to be punched. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, bizarre ideas, fantastic projects, paradoxical plans whirled through his brain. He could not decide. He lacked the threat of Ariane. Uh, I think Ariane might be like a mythical figure in yes, it, France? No, it's Greek. Oh, Greek. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, it's the thread which Theseus used to get through the labyrinth. Uh, okay. But actually, I, 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 I feel like I, I remember this wrong. actually because that's literally the rest of the sentence. <laughs> yes, but... I'm really stupid. I feel like that's wrong somehow. Give me one yeah, second. Yeah, it says he lacked the threat of Arion, which could extricate him from the labyrinth of his life, is literally like, I stopped you mid-sentence. Okay, yes. Uh, that That's not her name. Maybe it is in, like, an Italian translation, but in English it would be uh, or not English, but in Greek it would be Ariadne? Okay. Uh, which I guess it makes sense to anglicize it or italianize it to that but uh yeah that's why i was confused when i read that because i was like i know what this is referring to but that seems wrong <laughs> i love greek myth so uh that's my thing <laughs> he lacked the thread of Ariane, which could extricate him from the labyrinth of his life the voice within his heart said an end to hesitation Break the bonds! Enough of vain uncertainties and useless meditations. The moment has come to act. Let the die be cast. 
I lay a, that I don't think it's j it's supposed to be. Oh wait, no, it is. Fuck. Ayakta est. No, Ayakta est. Oh, Ayakta. The J is what confused me because it's written with an I, but I and J's are yeah. the same in Latin. We've we've all seen uh, the Last Crusade. Yes. Joseph doesn't begin with an I. Joseph begins with a J. Yeah. Don't fall through the floor, guys. Alea yakta est. Better a wandering, uncertain, tormented life than a life of hypocrisy, of baseness, of slavery. What restrains you? The duties of the principate? The people is always a beast. I like how the people is a sing singular noun. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes it frustrating to read. Not gonna lie. It doesn't seem wrong, but... It's frustrating. The people is always a beast and will not fail to bow to another master. Uh, so, I'm not going to lie, you don't need to go on this long with this to say, like, yeah, part of his brain wants him to just say fuck it all. Yeah. There, I he goes on for another paragraph about this, <laughs> uh, at least. But, uh... I, I there I summarized that entire paragraph in a single sentence, and yeah. this is a long paragraph. Eh, but fuck it, said Madruzo. Yeah, Madruzo just be like saying the longest shit for something you could just say in like a fucking moment. Yeah. The dignity of the purple. You have already sullied it. The scandal of your love affairs are part of history in the memories of all. No. I've never heard of Madruzo before I started reading this. Mm -hmm. He is a narcissist for that one. Yeah, it's just like, again, this is just like, people are making a really big deal out of this. Mm-hmm. Disobedience to the Pope? The Pope has provoked it since you first humbly begged a dispensation. And if you are committing a sin by permitting your passion to master you, the sin will be pardoned. For to him who loves much, much will be forgiven. This was said earlier, so I guess nice callback. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Decide then. If the sunrise and noontide of your life were sad, let the sunset be serene and glorious and purifying. Mussolini writes in such an annoying fucking way to read. Holy shit. Like, even his best lines are B-. minus. Yep. And the rest of them are a fucking slog. God. But to the invitations of this voice, cold reason opposed itself, marshalling the difficulties, the perils, the snares. In this succession of blue sky and clouds, of day and night, the cardinal's soul struggled. At one point, the thought of suicide shot through his brain. What the fuck? I mean, I mean that would solve a lot of problems. Yeah, it would solve the problem me reading this fucking book. Yeah, it would solve the problem of the plot. Like, that isn't a realistic thought by any means, I don't think. Well, I mean, to be fair, suicide, people contemplating suicide, that's rarely a rational consideration. True, but I don't see how he would feel pushed to it by this. I don't... Like, I understand this is troubling to him, but I'm not going to lie. Uh, 
he seemed pretty content with what he had. He just wanted more. Yeah. So I I don't see. Uh, anyway, we're closing in on two hours. We should probably wrap this up. Ah, uh, yes. <clears throat> Especially since my loan has expired. Ah, yeah. That luckily, would... I can just hit borrow again and it'll refresh. Also, luckily, hour. I'm the one reading it right now. Yeah. A sense of general weariness came over him. Through the window came the rays of the October sun from the trees into the deer park. The yellow leaves were falling, and he could hear the calls of the late swallows. Nature communicated its sadness to men, and the idea of eternal repose came to Emmanuel. To sleep forever, in the eternal silence and the eternal mystery. To sleep oblivious of what had been and what is to be. To abandon the world without rancor, without fear, and without regret. Like a debtor paying his debt no mat, uh, excuse me, like a debtor paying his debt to Mother Nature. For an instant, Emmanuel smiled at his mad idea. He would gladly have gone through the inferno if Claudia were at his side. With her, he could endure the torment of the infernal whirlwind which never ceases. Claudia, cried the cardinal in a loud voice. Claudia, forgive me for not being able to clear a definite road out of this morass. Love makes me hesitate like a schoolboy. Ah, love, light snatched from the heavens, from the rebel angels, and given to men when they lost paradise. Jesus, man, calm down. It's funny you said Jesus, because that's the first word of the next paragraph. Yeah. I was like, oh, are you going to start reading now? No. Yeah, but, like, actually calm the fuck down. Yeah. It was a misinput! Misinput! <laughs> Jesus, if it be true that thou wert born of an earthly mother, if it be true that thou hast drunk at the fountains of ancient wisdom, open to thee by thy teachers in the desert, if it be true that thou hast loved the poor and the suffering, the sick, the despised, the slaves, the Samaritans, and those living far from thy Galilee... <gasps> <laughs> I, I got through that in one breath if it be oh god there's more yeah you didn't even finish a sentence that's the, like no. the, yeah no that's there's a semicolon there yeah no I, I figured he would get on to something else I don't know why there's a semicolon when he just keeps fucking going on calm down dude <clears throat> alright one moment if it be true that thou hast raised up and protected the sinner Mary of Magdala, Magdala, that she anointed thee with odorous unguents, unguents, that's not a, that doesn't sound like a word. Fuck that it word. Doesn't. That word should be banned from the unguents. English language. Death penalty, actually. And dried thy feet with her long, soft black tresses. If it be true that thou hast walked with her among the fields toward the cedar-bowed hills, while from the heavens, O Son of God, the stars smiled upon thy earthly loves. If it be true... Th God, damn it. Lots of nested if statements here. <laughs> if it be true. Yeah. Hey, you know, if it be true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go to sleep and there's just gonna be like in fucking big bold font if it be true because of how much there fucking is here 
Where the fuck am I? No, Mussolini, or sorry, uh, Madruzo is talking like uh, Yandere Dev codes his games. Lots so, of nested if statements. That's so true. So <laughs> true, bestie. If, 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 if. <laughs> if it be true that once at the feast of Purim Thou didst defend the adulteress and didst rescue her whom the ancient law of the Hebrew people deemed worthy of being stoned, if it be true that along the road to Calvary thou didst console the weeping women who were anguished at the sight of thy martyrdom and even upon the cross after the invocation to the father a word of love flowered upon thy lips if it be true o jesus that thou didst pass through life as one athirst for human love then it will be permitted to me also the last of thy followers to love as one loves but once to the grave and beyond and jesus is just like dude just fuck her i don't care jesus is like looking at this long paragraph of a text message just saying okay yeah yeah jesus too long didn't read (laughs) bro i got like a like i got like a million more prayers i gotta get through today (laughs) like come on dude it's like in a was it i think it was both but evan almighty and bruce almighty like, uh, they have to figure out how to sort the prayers, and they're like, post-it notes covers the entire room. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's, uh, they decide on, like, the computer, because obviously yeah. emails works better, and there's still so much. <laughs> anyway, that's gonna wrap it up. What will we call that chapter? Shit. <laughs> Just say if and. Mussolini does or not Mussolini, Madruzo does not get fired. Yeah. And is upset. Mm-hmm. Just I, Mussolini doesn't get fired. <laughs> no, he should have been. He yeah, been multiple fired. times. Yeah. In multiple different meetings I mean, of that from word. From what I understand, he was like, like he was writing for socialist papers. He should have been hired if they had a, like knew what was going to happen, or fired if they knew what was going to happen. He should have been fired for his shitty fucking writing. Uh, anyway, this, this one sucked. Yeah, that took a while. That second chapter took a while to get through, just because it was longer, and also we kept getting sidetracked. But but I think we kept getting sidetracked just because it was so boring. It, it's so boring and so bad. It's. I think this might actively be the worst chapter, aside from chapter one. Yes. You can't beat chapter one and how horrible it was. Yeah, I remember like just like ch- reading chapter one was like it felt like tearing my hair out. It was it was awful. It was so fucking boring. I genuinely would have rather done anything else. Yeah. So anyway, we're about halfway through the book. That's that was chapter nine. There's about nineteen chapters. Yeah. Once we read through chapter uh, ten, we'll be roughly halfway. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, that's gonna do it for this episode. Oh, one one thing I forgot to mention during the intro, like when we we're just talking about that we're like, a Marxist-Leninist podcast. Oh, well, yeah. Like, well, I mean, just like part of like us like shooting the shit at the beginning. Yeah. One thing I forgot to mention with regards to Twitter is I don't know if you saw, but Elon Musk uh, launched his own AI, Grok. 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 Yeah, G R O K, which is a fucking awful name. Yeah. No, that's shit. Yeah, it's it's not as bad as X, but X just has problems in that it's one letter, it has terrible search engine optimization. And X stands for... Nothing. Yeah, like, at best you could say, 
three X's stands for something. Just one does not. Yeah, but um, uh, it, it's funny because it's like for the longest time he's been like, we need an AI that that is, does tells the truth or whatever whatever bullshit he wants to say. But um, <laughs> just the, talk to the, the Karl Marx AI. The, ri- the right AI. wing, like their first response to like the release of this AI was to ask it if trans women were women, and the AI was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so you. so this ai was created to to answer one question in a particular way and it doesn't even do that and the thing is is that like at one point like it, someone asked like it, like ian miles chong which fuck that guy like told someone who like asked it that question like ask it again so they asked it again it's like are you sure it's like yes trans women are women and then they tried tried to correct it it's like that's incorrect <laughs> like it brought up chromosomes and it was and the day it was just like sex and gender are different things and i'm like i'm like what yeah. the fuck is happening yeah bitch <laughs> get him get him grok what's funny is is that the ai is actually decently witty god i i i'll fuck this ai the thing because like the quartering like a uh, really really shitty YouTuber. I'm subscribed to the subreddit. The quartering is a Nazi. Yeah, so. he's he's. A, I mean, he's like literally like now partnered with a publishing company that publishes. Fun like, fact: He Nazi pissed in his basement because he was angry at his wife. Yep, I've heard about of that. pizza. I heard about that. But um, uh, he like asked it to roast him, and it was like really spot on with the roast. <laughs> like it, like, and I was like really shocked at how well written it was like how specific and yeah how... the thing is is that like in terms of like the ai's ability to like just like process data it seems pretty average because like it's just pulling from like the same data sources as like every other ai but the way that it writes stuff is actually pretty good <laughs> i'll give That's it fun. that it's 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 good at being witty and i appreciate that even... That's fun yeah so so elon's ai backfired spectacularly and it's kind of amazing so uh how long it's probably gonna get patched though to be transphobic but whatever that's unfortunate at least uh, hopefully what ha- it doesn't go the way that tay bot went do you remember that no microsoft made an ai chat bot like this is years ago for twitter this is, ai was a little bit more rudimentary then but um, within a week, Twitter turned it into a Nazi. <laughs> oh, great. That's great. Oh, man, so good. Yeah. Uh, I actually have a, a lot of interest in, like, AI chatbots because, like, I use character AI frequently. Not for the purpose they intend very frequently as well. It's also funny because Elon Musk has been, like, a major proponent of, like, hey, we need to be careful with AI, and how he's just made an AI because he's... He just says shit. He and Grimes met because they were talking about Roko's, uh, yeah, Roko's Basilisk. I, I remember, like, <laughs> speaking of Roko's Basilisk, we, we've been doing d and I've been DMing a campaign. Pathfinder. Uh, which, with Pathfinder, but same same difference. No. I, that Jake <laughs> and uh, a couple other people are in, including an old college buddy of mine. And I remember, like, this is the first session. I think it was a session zero, not the first, like, proper session. But I remember, like... I was wondering how you and my college friend were going to hit it off. And I walk in and you're just talking about Roko's Basilisk. And I'm like, okay, I think everything's going to work out. (laughs) (laughs) Because as stupid as it is, I do find it to be a fun thought experiment. Yeah. I I think, I still think it's really stupid. 
And people yes. who think, think it's scary are dumb. And, and your college friend is, I'm not going to say his name, but G, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. I, I was pretty positive of that, but I realized I wasn't sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we get along fine. Yeah. I, I'm glad that's what you were talking about, like, just walking in to hear you guys talk about that. And then I was like, oh, that's really stupid, that Roko's Basilisk. It is such a stupid thought experiment, but yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah, I'm not. We're not going to describe what it is. Don't look it up. It's dumb. It's really stupid. He's trying to save you. Actually, that's part of the fucking thing. Yeah, it's funny because like conversation on it, it is so heated that it's just like the form that the discussion on it started on. It's now banned. You can't talk about it anymore because it's just like it would start flame wars. I I almost for a moment thought you were going to say it was banned because. Of the nature of the thought experiment. <laughs> which is, it's so fucking stupid. You know what? I will fucking tell you guys. Okay. I I'm going to doom them all. Roko's Basil Basilisk is a thought experiment where one day someone will create an AI that is so smart, just has access to all the information in the world, that it will know if you helped to put it into existence or not. And if you didn't, You'll die. It'll kill you. Or it'll torture you. And I think in some versions it will also has the ability to resurrect dead people and torture them as well. Yeah, which is so... F that's so stupid. Yeah, it's really dumb. God, it's such a dumb thought experiment, but it's yeah. fun to talk about. But I remember it because on the original post... Uh, the original guy who made it, uh, like a moderator of the forum, replied like, what the fuck are you doing? You just doomed us all. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, shut up. Just don't make it. We, we just don't do that. Yeah, just don't fucking do it. And nobody's trying to do it. Yeah. Like, maybe there's one guy out there, but this isn't like a Terry Davis situation where he's making, like, this fucking operating system and he's incredibly smart no anybody who's trying to make roko's basilisk is probably a fucking idiot yeah yeah don't create the torment nexus guys <laughs> yeah i mean terry davis was also an idiot but, he, yeah. uh, he was an he was brilliant but also batshit insane yes he's brilliant at that one thing which is creating an operating system i can't deny that that is to do that on your own requires incredible amount of intelligence yeah, but also he's dumb in every other possible way and it's not really his fault so i shouldn't yeah. call him dumb but i will yeah uh, I'm, I'm controversial yeah the more I'm i hear edgy. the more i hear people talk about ai the more i'm just like so when's the butlerian jihad happening <laughs> dune reference I don't, I'm not even the biggest Dune fan. I mean, I, I got through most of the first book through on audiobook. I need never, to actually get never back even to... took a look at anything Dune. I need to get back to it because I because I remember really liking it up until like the last like third where I was like, oh, everything's going great for Paul. But I loved the world building. The world building was amazing. I have heard that that you know everything just started going great for Paul. So yeah, and I will say, the moment the main character starts just having everything handed to him. Yeah. Is like, oh my god, why are you even writing this? 
if they're just gonna win and get everything handed to them, I don't yeah, care. Like every like the first two ter- two thirds of the book were phenomenal. Anyway, actually we should wrap this up. We should not oh, be true. talking yeah, Fuck. it's over two hours. We're talking about other stuff now. I'm sorry. This is I just <laughs> wanted to throw in my comment about uh Elon Musk's new AI that is uh apparently trans positive. You know what? Why are we apologizing? They're getting extra content. <laughs> Jake, there is such a thing as too much of a good thing. No, there isn't. That's made up by liberals. <laughs> <laughs> we have nothing to apologize for. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at uh, at htlww underscore pod. You can email us at gmail.com at... Or, <laughs> God, I always fuck that up every single fucking time. You can email us <laughs> at howtheleftwasonepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you, can, uh, you can support us on Patreon, which you shouldn't because this is poorly produced and you should not. You should spend your money on better podcasts. And I will other... be a direct threat to your life. Yeah, I, I think... Did we make the joke where, like... Uh, this is something I thought... I don't remember we actually made this joke where it's just like the only tier is we will come to your house and return your money to you. Yes, we did make that joke, but it was specifically me, and I think it was uh, the only tier is I will come to your house, return your money, and break your kneecaps. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But it, you can donate to us if you want at patreon.com slash how the left is one. Uh, yeah, you can find us wherever you can uh, get podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, Google Music, Google Play, Slapbook. No, no, last episode, remember, we said Slapbook's gone. Ah, shit, you're right, fuck. Slapbook no, actually, died. Yeah. <laughs> it, Zark Muckerberg. Uh, one, one day we'll buy the Slapbook domain when I have more money. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I was pretty sure last time that I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that again. It's time to retire the joke. But then I just went and made it again. Fuck. Yeah. It's, it also had to do with you, like, misspeaking in our intro, intro yes. episode. Uh, I believe what I was trying to talk about, uh, about was, like, Facebook. But, and Snapchat. Yeah. And you said Slapbook. Yes. Which is brilliant by me. Yeah. I'm a brilliant person. Yeah. You don't understand. Yeah, so, yeah, but you can find us on all those platforms I mentioned uh uh, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Play, or not Apple Music, like, Apple has their own podcast app, or iTunes, or whatever the fuck it is. I have an iPhone, that's what I listen to uh, podcasts on mainly, but it's weird. I use Spotify. Yeah, um, no longer on Stitcher, because Stitcher is fucking dead, but we're on Pandora, and also Podbean, I believe, and also uh, Radio Pub, or whatever the... That Radio one, Shack. The, whatever that last obscure one was yeah radio shack i don't know you're listening to the podcast already you don't need me to tell you where to find us just we should cut this out of like the actual endings not like from the episode but from the endings like they know where to find us yeah yeah i don't know just google podcasts and look up how the left was one if you want to find us yeah fuck you it should be easy (laughs) we're not doing your work for you anymore yeah anyway you're the bourgeois (laughs) (laughs) anyway that's gonna wrap it up uh anyway i've been mike i'm jake and this has been how the left was one goodbye everybody bye